Hey, all right. How we doing, Oasis? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great week. It's great to see all of you. Shorter week, I think, at least for some of you. Didn't have school on Monday, so feels like a Tuesday. Shorter week. Hey, um, as you just saw by that little video, this is week two in a series we started last week called Dating by Numbers. And you're maybe like, what's with the numbers? And you maybe kind of caught some of that in the, in the video. Um, doesn't exactly make sense, but we kind of thought, I don't know, it's just a little creative. Last week, Ben's title was Fairest One of All, question mark, with a one. And tonight is called Not To Be. Um, here's what we're doing. Big clarification here. And don't miss this. Because some of you, hopefully you caught this last week, but maybe you didn't. And you come to Oasis, and we're talking about dating and relationships and you just tune it out because you're not dating someone right now. I hope you hear me say loud and clear that this series is not geared only for those of you currently in dating relationships um, at all. And if there's some of you in here who are dating, and that's great, and I hope this applies to you, but we fully realize that if that was the case, we would be teaching this to, I don't know, 10% of you who are dating. That is not the intention of this series. The intention is that you guys, within the next five years, almost every one of you in here will date somebody at some point. You may not get married, but I bet you will still go on a date at some point. And some of you have, and some of you haven't. But here's the thing. We want to talk about this now to kind of get stored in um, that one little bucket in your brain. And maybe you just store this away for later, but you will all date someone at some point. And so that's kind of our first caveat. Now, as Ben said last week, our goal in this series, too, is to really stick to the basics, the fundamentals, um, nothing really all that um, new, for one. So we would probably not say anyth- anything that is new that you've never heard before or that will surprise you all that much. It's, um, it's fundamentals. It's basics. And so if you remember last week, Ben started off the series talking about how we really need to focus on the character of the person. Um, His main point was something along these lines that what's inside a person trumps what's on the outside. And he said, and obviously we know, you should be attracted to the person that you date or eventually marry. And that's a no-brainer. That's just a given. You're going to be attracted to them. But if that's all there is, if it's only the outside, the physical, if you don't love their character and their personality, not only are you not going to have a good relationship, you're, um, you don't really have an accurate representation of them as a person, as, their whole, as a whole person. Um, so we said we need to focus on not just the, the physical, but the character, um, the personality, all that. So that's a great place to start. A great place to start last week. And no question, if we apply that to our lives, that what's inside a person trumps what we see on the outside, by all means, in, in any relationship, whether we're dating a person or not, or whether we apply that to, I don't know, friends and stuff, we will have better relationships. But applying that first rule to relationships doesn't mean you'll have a 100% success rate, right? Just because you love a person's character or maybe you do value what's on the inside doesn't mean you'll find that dream date. Uh, maybe it's a friend of yours now and you're like, I want to marry that guy who's sitting uh, three people down from me right now in this row or something. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to find a guy, fall in love, and live happily ever after just because you apply that. So the reality is Many of you at some point in the next 10 years will not only go on a date, or will not only date somebody, you will most likely experience a breakup. A breakup. Whoa. And no one enjoys talking about this part of relationships, and I've never heard a talk in a church 
on breakups before, and I don't intend this to be a depressing downer night, but over the course of dating, probably, like I said, unless you date one person and marry that person, which you very well could do, and is a great goal, by the way, and it may happen for you, um, you'll experience a breakup, probably, at some point in your life. We're going to speak tonight, for those of you who've been at some point or another, or at some point in the future, will be thrown to the curb after hearing this phrase, we all love this phrase, right? I just want to be, what? Friends. I just want to be friends. I, I just want to be friends. And so this second dating, basic dating principle in this series, obviously has nothing to do with dating at all. Um, it has to do with breaking up. But here's the question tonight. When it comes to breaking up, how do you go about doing this? And how do you go about doing it in such a way that you or the person who uh, you're breaking up with or the person who's breaking up with you isn't broken yourself? Can you go through a breakup and not be broken yourself? Again, I fully realize that for many, many, many of you in here, some of you have gone through a breakup. Some of you, not too long ago, I've heard stories of those breakups. Um, But for most of you, you haven't experienced that yet, I think. That's most of you. Now, sometimes it can be fun to make fun of breakups when it's not you that's involved in the relationship, right? Some of us in here have some pretty terrible breakup stories. And I, it was just really about a month ago, and I'm not going to reference any specifics, but I heard two, like, wow, breakup stories from two girls in Oasis um, that was wild. Now, I heard of a girl one time who was broken up with by her boyfriend, and this is not, ironically, this is somewhat the story of one of the girls who told me their story about a month ago. Um, her boyfriend broke up with her through text message. Oh, now this is, this is probably starting to be more and more common. Everybody has a cell phone. Um, there's no awkward face-to-face conversation. Probably happens a lot. But let's just be clear, all right? That's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. And a lot of the girls are maybe nodding their heads. You know why? Because who's more prone to break up by text message? The guy, the boys. Now, I don't know why that is. Maybe the girls are more relational. Maybe girls, you would be tempted to do that too because you know you'll start crying as soon as that conversation gets going. But it seems like guys are more prone to do that. Guys, you should hear this loud and clear. Never break up with a girl via text message. Just don't. But here's the worst part. My, my story's not done. Here's what the text said. Here's what the text said. I kid you not, this makes it so much worse. Welcome to Dumpsville, population you. What? Like, not only, I mean, sure, you're trying to be funny or whatever. Like, what a jerk, right? To not even just put it straight or show any remorse. That's insane. Now, some of you guys are tucking that one away for later. I guarantee you, you will be kicked to the curb. There will be a reputation started about you or something if you use that one. Don't try that. Now, get this. I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't aware that these existed um, until this last week. I was kind of doing some, I don't know, thoughts and research, I guess, on this topic. Um, Can't say I'm surprised. Maybe some of you are aware of this, that there are websites out there dedicated to sharing your bad breakup stories. Are you aware of this? I think there's a couple. The main one I found is youbrokeuphow.com. Youbrokeuphow.com. And um, 
Some of the stories are pretty sad, and some of the stories are pretty mean, and most of them that I found were way too long even for me to read, and uh, quite frankly, and there's kind of some colorful language on there, so I, I'm not endorsing this site. I don't want you to go home and look it up. I'm mentioning it for the sake of, man, this is like, there's bad breakup stories out there. The tagline, and excuse my language, but the tagline is, breaking up sucks, share your story, or something like that. Breaking up sucks, share your story here. Share your story on our little blog thing. Um, but here's a short one. I just thought this was, this was funny, and um, I just was looking at these this last week. Here, Marie Cooper, January 22nd, from Nevada. Um, where is it? He broke up with me because he met a girl that was more into robotics than I was. I always knew he was a geek, but robotics, really? It was more surprising, embarrassing than painful. Like, that's just kind of funny. A lot of the stories are, they're just bad. I mean, they're really bad, and they're kind of sad, and they're not worth sharing here. But now here, in all seriousness, no one looks forward to the awkward conversation of a breakup. And again, so, um, so much so that some of you in here, you really have experienced a breakup via text message. Or you will at some point, or maybe via email, or some form of social media, I suppose that could happen on Facebook. We're so connected that way. And listen, the conversation is so awkward. And then what do you do? And how do you go to your separate ways? And the guy's thinking, what if she cries? Or what if I start crying? It's awkward. Even on shows, maybe you've seen this. I don't know if you guys are into this much. I'm not. Shows like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. When The Bachelor or Bachelorette has someone they do kind of fall in love with, and they have to go break the news to that other, you know, there's two girls left, and he's going to marry one of them, or she's going to marry one of them. Um, It's brutal, right? I mean, it's difficult to watch. I'm sure it's horrifying to experience that, and it's on national television. And somehow, I mean, girls, I know a lot of you love that show, or so. well, it might get good ratings, When we're the ones experiencing the heartbreak, it it seems like there is no greater pain in the world. Now again, there's kind of some funny stories around this, and maybe it's it's easy to joke if you've never gone through this. If you have, if you have a bad breakup story, you like, I mean, you can laugh at this, but when you think about your actual story, it's it's no fun at all. Um, Maybe you're seriously hurt, some of you, and I've, I've heard those. Um. Here's the thing, even though a lot of you maybe haven't gone through a breakup yourself, you almost, all of you know that it's, it's really, really hard. And many of you would know, if you haven't gone through one yourself, a very close friend that's been broken up with, a sibling that's been broken up with, um, maybe even your parents. Maybe your parents are split, they're divorced, maybe uh, you and a, your parent and step-parent are now split, but maybe you've experienced that as a middle school student or a high school student. So when it comes to breaking up with someone, deciding that it needs to happen at some point, maybe that's part of it, and we're going to talk about that tonight, but that's just half the battle. The other thing you need to follow up with is figuring out how to do it. And not just how, but how do you do it well and in a God-honoring way. Because obviously we're a church, and we're a youth group, and so some of you go, why are we talking about this on a Wednesday night? There's, you will experience a dating relationship at, at some point, and many of you will experience breakups And man, I hope you can do this with dignity. If you break up with someone, that you can do it without breaking the other person's heart. And maybe that's somewhat inevitable, but as we get into it, you'll see, man, I hope we can do it in a way that doesn't break either person involved. Now, if you spent any time trying to search your Bible 
for what it has to say on dating. You know this. You wouldn't find much, right? You wouldn't find the term dating in there. Ben uh, pointed this out last week. You find Song of Solomon, which is really about a married couple and extreme intimacy and woo-woo. It's like risque. You don't go there. Ben said that last week. That's about a married couple. And some people say, uh, I don't know, the Song of Solomon speaker guy from 10 years ago would say there's some courtship stuff in there and some dating stuff in there. But by and large, it doesn't specifically address it. Maybe some of you, um, the Bible frustrates you in particular just because it seems so complicated. And you go, I wish the Bible just had a simple article on dating or on dating and breakups. And you could just find it, and there's the heading at the top. And it's on, well, it doesn't. And it shouldn't. And it shouldn't frustrate you. Because after all, if you've never heard this, the Bible isn't about me. And the Bible isn't about you. The Bible is about God and God's story. Um, But the great part is, just because the Bible doesn't have the word dating in it, it doesn't mean it has nothing to say on the topic. And just because um, it's about God, the Bible tells us how we can have a thriving, intimate relationship with the God who created us and with other people who he also created. And so much of the Bible is about that, is about relationships. And so here's the thing, just because the Bible doesn't speak to it directly, we can be very, very thankful that what the Bible does have to have to offer us is a lot of really great principles that work in a lot of different areas, including a dating relationship. So while these verses that we're going to read tonight don't mention words that we typically associate with dating, there's a principle here that's really great and that really works with what we're talking about. So before we dive into this passage, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, Old Testament book even. You go, what? Uh, Old Testament book. Remember, though, this, that we're applying this passage to this topic of breaking up and uh, if and when we should do it, and if so, how. So grab a Bible, and I hope you have a Bible, and maybe it's on your phone, and if it's on your phone, that's great. Use the app on your phone. Just don't be uh, checking Facebook at the same time or something. But I'd love for you to have an actual Bible, to like open up your Bible, bring your Bible on Wednesday nights. I want you to see this in the Bible. So turn to Isaiah, Old Testament book of Isaiah, to the right of Psalms. If you go too far to the right and hit um, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you've gone too far to the right, but it's to the right of Psalms, to the left of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Psalm 40, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 44, Isaiah chapter 44. So in this book, we see the prophet Isaiah writing to God's people about a very troubling trend that he's noticed, which is idolatry. Idolatry. That's what we'll find in this passage. Idolatry is really just a a fancy word for saying that God's chosen people were choosing to worship other things, other images, other, other stuff than God, their creator. Their priorities were out of whack, and so Isaiah is set apart by God as a messenger, as a prophet, to go be God's mouthpiece in order to communicate to the Israelites, his people, this message. And so the message is this. He basically says this. You have forsaken our one big God for a little God. And you know what, Israelites? You keep doing it over and over again. And I could look at us and I could look at my track record and I would go, I do it over and over again. Again, I exchange the truth of God for a lie, and I worship created things more than the Creator. So check this out, Isaiah 44, starting at verse 13. 
It says this, and it'll be on the screens. The carpenter measures with a line and marks an outline with a marker. He roughs it out with chisels and marks it with compasses. He shapes it in the form of man, of man in all his glory, that it may dwell in a shrine. He cuts down cedars or perhaps took a cypress or oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest or planted a pine and the rain made it grow. It is man's fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. But he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire. Over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm. I see the fire. But from the rest... He makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, save me, you are my God. That's what the carpenter does. This is Isaiah's message to the people, to the Israelites. Like I said, the strange thing here is that there's seemingly no connection, right, to dating. But obviously, we we know, I mean, you you guys know or even where I'm going to go with this. If this makes sense, even to those of us who aren't living back in whenever this was, thousands of years B.C., in the Middle East, that there's something in these verses that applies to our hearts too. And even though we may not be carpenters carving little idols or little wooden images out of trees in our backyard, you and I are constantly battling, whether we know it or not, we're battling the same inclination as the guy mentioned in these verses. We are always deciding every day, every hour of every day, who or what we're going to worship. And we worship all kinds of stuff. Will we create something else besides the one true God to be our God? But there are a thousand things every day that vie for our attention. And in America, man, we just go for it. And it's incredible. Like, it's so hard not to, right? I'm not trying to beat you up or make you feel guilty. I'm a part of this too. It's just the culture we live in. I mean, sometimes it's even emotionally or mentally. But in this, to apply this to dating, are we going to take a relationship, even with someone that we care very much about? And again, think about this down your future. I know many of you are not there right now. But we, even with someone very special to us, and we worship it, we make that relationship a God in our life and treat it with dignity and respect and the honor that only God deserves. See, that's the sin that Isaiah is addressing here in chapter 44. A very obscure chapter. Maybe many of you have never read this chapter before. This carpenter takes a really good thing. He's a carpenter. He works with wood. He takes a good thing, but he twists it. He changes it. He takes a good thing and makes it an ultimate thing. We've said that so many times. You've heard that so many times. He takes a good thing and makes it a God thing. He carves for himself an idol, and he worships it and says, Save me, you are my God. Only God is meant to have a God-like status in our life. And so when we take good things and make them ultimate, and it's hard to know where that line is, it's wrong and it's sinful. And I'm guilty too, but we do this all the time. So the question I want to ask tonight is this. If and when you're in a relationship someday, and almost all of you will be, how do you know if you should break up or stay together? How do you know? At a certain point, there's kind of, I don't know, you, you see some ugly, you, you're just not connecting. How do you know at some point if you should break up or stay together? Maybe they're a Christian, maybe they're not. Maybe they're a Christian, 
Maybe everything on your list that you wrote when you were 10 years old, this guy um, is. But still, there's something in you that just doesn't quite click. You guys, that's, that's a very hard question. And I need to be very, very careful as a teacher. I, I can't ever say that. I mean, I, I can't tell you when you should break up with someone or not. But we'll go into this. There's maybe some clues. There's some hints. Sometimes it'll just be obvious, right? And we know this, and I'm kind of skimming over this part. Uh, sometimes it'll be obvious based on personality differences. You're just not clicking. You argue all the time. You have no common interests. You're a Nebraska fan. They're an Iowa fan. It just doesn't work. So it's just clear. Sorry. See you later. We're done. As Ben addressed last week, sometimes um, you, only, you get into it for the physical stuff. Obviously, again, you want to be attracted to the person, but very, very quickly, you start doing physical stuff. We're not really going there in this series, but you know what I'm talking about. Eventually, it goes there, and oh my, and now I really did like your character, but now it's just this, and we can't backtrack, and now what? And maybe we need to take a break. Maybe. And so some of that stuff, it's a little more, in these cases, something needs to change. Do you need to break up? In some cases, yeah, you do. It's obvious. But I can't be the judge of that. And I'm not here tonight to say when that should be. And even Ben said last week in this series, we're not here to tell you to break up with your girlfriends or something. But on a much different level, a major red flag can be this. Has your relationship become an idol that you worship? Has it gone from being a good thing to an ultimate thing? And here's how you would know. I feel like that's tricky. Good thing, ultimate. Well, what's the difference? Um, here's, here's the way I've put it before. If you have a good thing, and it's taken away from you. Say it is a relationship. It's taken away from you. Um, you would really be sad. I mean, you would be, maybe even you'd say heartbroken. Maybe you'd be depressed for a week, maybe two weeks. But it would be normal grieving. It would be, um, it would be within, within reason. But if you have something ultimate, if, if there's something that, you, that is ultimate in your life, that is your God, that you, your identity is found in it, and that's taken away from you, you're not just depressed, you literally could throw yourself off a bridge or grab a gun and do something drastic. That's the difference. Is it a good thing and it's become ultimate? See, that's a much harder question, which is why spending some time looking at these verses in Isaiah matters a lot and is very, very serious to God. Idolatry, that's only the first commandment. Remember our 10 series? It's like the first two commandments. And all the rest of the commandments come back to that first commandment. Um, here are some questions to ask. Think about this. Again, not right now. Store these away somewhere. Men, I, the marriage guy said at the thing the other week, we have compartments in our brain. You can just file this away, hopefully. Or this talk will be online for years and years, hopefully, and you can come back to this. Here's some questions to think through a relationship. Are you looking to your significant other to be your savior? What does that mean? Savior... It's kind of the, okay, Jesus is my Savior. What does that mean? Here's what it means, maybe. Do you do anything and everything they tell you to do? And I'm talking good and bad, and do you do everything they tell you to do? Are you looking to that person to be your rescuer, your Savior? Does it, being the relationship, does the relationship consume too much of you, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions? Again, anytime you're dating somebody, when I met my wife, Leslie, man, I was thinking about her nonstop, right? Well, I shouldn't break up. I mean, there's a, I hope you see again the distinction. There's a point where you love, I mean, you're crazy about this relationship. But there's also a point, especially when you're, maybe it's not the right time or you're not going to marry the person or it just gets, 
you got to be careful. Number three, our other relationships, friendships, relationships with family members, etc., suffering because of your relationship. That suddenly you isolate you and that significant other and everybody else gets pushed out. Five years down the road, some of you will be in college. Some of you will be out of college. Some of you will be living on your own. Um, be careful of this. When you hit a rocky patch, is it beyond hard to the point where you may harm yourself? I just heard a story two weeks ago of an atrocity, I mean, it was, I don't know what the word is, atrocity, of a couple, Millard West. If you go to Millard West, you maybe have heard of this guy. I'm not going to tell the story because I, I don't want you to hear it. Of a drastic, drastic measure that took the life of a guy after they broke up. A girlfriend broke up, he went to her. Anyway, it was crazy. And you're, I'm, I'm leaving you all wondering. Do you, number five, do you look to the relationship to define you and give you worth? Is your identity found in Christ or in the other person? Man, I hope you get this. Through other things we talk about at Oasis, that if you do not have a rock-solid identity of who you are and what you are and the person you are, alone, by yourself, without a boyfriend or girlfriend, that has to be established first. That's a foundation. It's huge. How you answer these questions matters because it could be that we, without even realizing it, we become this man, this carpenter we read about in Isaiah 44. Breaking up may be hard to do, but when a relationship holds a place that it was never intended to hold a place, God alone can and should hold breaking up probably might be a necessity, might be necessary for our own good. But now real quick, lastly, because for a lot of you, figuring out that a relationship might be healthy or destructive, that kind of weighing thing, is maybe the easy part. The harder question is this, um, how, how do I do it? How should I do it? It's not whether or not the breakup should happen, but how can I do it in a way that doesn't crush the other person? Um, having a breakup conversation is really, really hard. But again, hopefully, if both of you are not so intertwined and you are, are idolizing each other, and there's this, and you've maybe um, gone way too far physically, there can be um, some very, very healthy breakups. I've had three breakups in my life, and then I, I met my wife. Um, one of them was really not good. Two of them were really not bad. Um, didn't break either one of us. But a lot of that was because of the way the relationship went beforehand. Um, I don't have time to go into that. A lot of times we forget. So here's the thing. When it comes to breakups, they're incredibly personal. Because they're personal, um, they're vulnerable. We become vulnerable in that conversation or as that's going on. We feel worthless. We feel crushed. And when we feel vulnerable, then we get defensive. Most of the time we're at our worst when we get defensive. And we typically don't, um, we just don't behave our best. And suddenly then the objective becomes... Um, how can I come out looking best in this situation? Word of this breakup will get around the school. Everyone will know it. All our friends will know it. How can I look the best? And suddenly it becomes, um, it becomes a battle, and it gets really, really ugly. Two people fighting for their own self-interests never, never ends well. Never ends well. You have to have the other person's interest in mind. You say, they cheated on me. Get out of the relationship. But you don't have to wish death upon them. You don't have to hate their... I mean, just get out of the relationship. Um, which leads to this kind of next verse, and I, I need to hurry. 
from the New Testament, this is such an important principle for all relationships, but especially dating relationships. Paul writes this in Colossians, Colossians 3.12. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, those are all characteristics that we go, I know that. As a Christian, I know I'm supposed to have those. But how do you get them? The whole first half. That you realize, again, that your identity in Christ is your foundation. That you are holy and dearly loved in God's eyes. You go, ah, oh, God can't give me a hug, though, and God doesn't seem real to me. He is real. I know he can't give you a hug, but he's totally, he's real, and he's alive, and he wants you, and he loves you dearly, and you've got to trust what the Bible says. You just do. You've got to read every promise in the Bible and take it to heart and memorize it, but you've got to have that foundation. So when you go through the breakup, you go, man, this person totally wronged me, but I need to be humble. And I, need to not, I still need to somehow have their best interest in mind. And I need, to, I need to be kind to them. And I need to be gentle. And I need to not raise my voice. I need to be patient. Because it'll take time to heal and recover. But I will heal and recover. And as a 17-year-old boy, I am not going to do something drastic because this girl broke my heart. I will not. You just make the decision. For most of us, you guys, there will be at least a few false starts that we have to go through before we arrive hopefully at a great, intimate, I mean, just wonderful marriage relationship someday. Most of you will go through that. But if we're going to date, breaking up is probably a reality, and it doesn't have to break you. It doesn't have to break you, number one, when you're, when you're attentive to when it maybe needs to end, if it's become ultimate. And then number two, it doesn't need to break you when you have the attitude of someone who is a follower of Christ, who takes on the character of Christ. And again, I don't want that to just be oh, go try hard to do good. But if you really start to wrestle with that, how you can put on the character of Christ. In two weeks, you guys, we're going to do a panel up here of a couple of leaders. I don't know who it is yet, but I'll be up here. I'd love for you to ask stories of past relationships. Maybe you've had a horrible breakup in your past. I guarantee you, you'll, you'll learn from it. And you will not do the same thing twice. So some of those things, you go through those things and it's hard, but God has a plan for that. And somehow he'll see you through it. So relationships are hard work, but we can handle them when we have wise counsel, when we think wisely, when we act wisely. And no matter what, I hope that this second basic, a fundamental thing, is that you know that whenever, if you break up with somebody, you can do it without it breaking you. All right, let's pray. God, um, I know that there are not a ton of relationships in this room right now, but God, in five years and ten years, Every one of these students will probably have dated somebody. God, I pray for great, great relationships as they move into their futures. As they join, for some of them, they've already been here, but for many of them, as they enter into these next couple of years of this crazy uh, period of life where we start dating, into college, maybe post-college. God, I pray that they wouldn't start too early. I pray that they wouldn't practice recreational dating, the kind of recreational dating that happens all around us in our culture. God, help us be wise. And God, as we talked about tonight in both of these areas, God, I pray that if we go through breakups, that we could do it in a way that honors you. And God, that we would remember this as that happens to us five, ten years down the road. God, may we put on the character of Christ in not just dating relationships, but God, all our relationships. God, we, we need your help, and we know you'll help us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
time we 